Welcome to Everything Belongs, a podcast for those living, creating, leading, and thriving while in the deep end of life. I'm your host, Madison Morgan, leadership coach, creative consultant, and speaker. I coach soulful visionaries and go-getting mavericks who desire to create art of their lives and take their work both deeper and higher. In this show, I'll be bringing you an overflow of conversations with my favorite thought leaders, teachers, healers, and creatives who inspire me to live more fully in my own power, worth, and wholeness, along with offering some episodes where I share my own practical insights, behind-the-scenes peeks into my process, and tools I use on my own journey. There will not be much we shy away from here because at this table, everything belongs. Therefore, you can expect me to ask the uncomfortable, juicy questions. You can expect that you'll hear people you disagree with on the podcast and maybe even ideas you've never previously considered. I trust you with your own discernment as we take this deep dive. You can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and be challenged by the guests as they share their diverse experiences and views of the world. It's my hope through learning to see that all of it belongs that you will develop a more sovereign way of holding yourself so you can playfully go after the life, relationships, and career you are made for, to let all parts of yourself have a seat at the table, to lead and create from your deepest truth, and become your own source of validation, all because you finally know you're worthy of it. All that's required to get started, that you show up curious and willing. Let's dive in. Hello everyone, welcome to this special bonus episode of Everything Belongs, where I am taking you behind the scenes in my program, Awaken Her Soul, not only to tell you what it's about, but actually to give you the inside scoop from Jenna Dale, who is an Awaken Her Soul alum. She's taken the program three times, and she's also the community wellness manager inside my business. So she knows the program in and out, as do I, of course, and she's had the beautiful experience of both being a student and someone who's taking the program, obviously more than one time, and then transitioning into a role of facilitator and community manager inside the program. And so she had the brilliant idea of interviewing me on my process of why I created the program why it's formatted in a death, rebirth, and then living your essence format over the three months. And we really take you inside the program and answer the questions that, or I answer the questions that I don't think I would have even thought to answer had Jenna not brought them to my awareness. So if you're someone who's considering enrolling in Awaken Her Soul this round, take a listen to this episode and see if it resonates because I definitely share my personal experience why I created the program in the first place, and the different healers and teachers and modalities that went into helping me create this through my own faith deconstruction. And then we talk about the the importance of language. We talk about the importance of evolving the program, but keeping true to really the core essence of why this program works over time. We talk about the oh shit moment that so many people have between week four and five and why that transition in the program is so important. And again, the thing that if you've taken the training 
that we did this last week, you know that the the biggest purpose for Awaken Her Soul is to unhook us from the belief that something is wrong with us, to really remedy that shame and put you back in the seat of your own power where you can authorize your own life. And so we we speak to that and why that's so important. And of course, Jenna shares her experience of going through that week four and five transition and moving into the seat of her own power where she took it back and decided that it wasn't in me. It wasn't in my methodology, but it was actually inside her. And I think that's what I freaking love about the program itself. So if you're someone who is wondering what it's really like to be on the inside of the program, this is an episode for you to listen to because we are really diving deep and giving you the juice on what it's like on the inside. And ultimately, Well, I should say that enrollment is open until Sunday the 14th if you're listening to this in real time in March. And I would love to have you if you are someone who knows that all of your adaptive strategies and old patterns and old stories, that they served you for your survival, they got you here, and you're at this precipice where you're wanting to let some of those go because although they have served you, they're not going to get you where you want to go. And you want to thrive and let go of those narratives and let go of those limiting identities that keep you from your essence and your potential and really what you want. So if that's you, take a listen to this episode and go sign up at awakenhersoul.com. You can click the link in the show notes to just get a direct link right there. But I would absolutely love to have you. And before we dive in, just a note that if you have any questions Go check out the invitation page, and if you have any more, DM me on Instagram. Send me a voice note. It I just love connecting with you in that way. It's so fun and so simple and personal. So send me a voice note if you're considering taking it and have any questions. And let's dive into this episode with our community wellness manager, Awaken Her Soul alum, and brilliant tarot reader, Jenna Dale. Jenna, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Everyone who's listening, this is Jenna Dale, and she is the community wellness manager inside my business, is a really integral part of the team, and supports people through Awaken Her Soul inside of our community group. And so it's so fun to have Jenna on the podcast today. We're going to do a dual interview because Jenna is not only the community wellness manager, but also was a student in Awaken Her Soul and has taken the program a number of times, and which is one of the reasons why I was like, do you want to, do you want to step into this role? So Jenna, thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm really excited to be here and just kind of chat the inside workings of Awaken Her Soul. It's um, been a big um, influence in my life the last few years. It's super exciting. Yes. So I want to start by asking you because, well, I want to know, you took the program in maybe the fall of 2018. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Oh, so I want to know, I mean, you've taken it three times and maybe you're going on your fourth time (laughs) through the program. (laughs) And I'm wondering because you've changed, I've seen you change so much since that first mm-hmm. time that you joined the program and joined us in Awaken Her Soul. And I want to know one, like what prompted you to join the first time? And then what have you noticed each time you've taken it? Because you have matured and become more yourself and more in your power and have switched careers each time you've taken the program, something has changed. Mm-hmm. So can you just walk us through that experience? 
Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, Definitely a lot of changes, as you said. So it was, yeah, fall of 2018, I took it. And um, that was when the program was really, um, the language around it was confidence and worthiness. And so I just, um, oh, how old was I then? Um, I think I was 32. Um, and so I was hitting this age, I kind of spent my 20s inside these long-term relationships and really experiencing codependency from inside, not understanding what all these feelings were, why I felt super disconnected from myself, didn't know myself, didn't trust myself, um, wasn't doing anything confidently, um, just kind of being in a lot of fear. And so I had been doing the work and really consuming and reading a lot of self-help and um, stumbled upon you and your course. And I was beginning to write poetry at that time. It was like really emotional healing time for me. And so um, I just remember really resonating with your work on Instagram and that kind of like freedom that we talk about to be yourself, to express yourself, to show up confidently in the world. Um, and not confidence in a general sense, but what your confidence wants you to do, what you want to be doing. And so, um, yeah, when when Awaken Her Soul opened, I had a friend join and I remember you reached out to me and I even did a tarot read around it. And I just, it wasn't from a, yes, I've been waiting for this course to open. Like I've had my eye on it, which I know a lot of, you know, women do have their eye on it and join us from there. But it just came across my path at the right time with the right signals. And I was like, I have to invest in this. I'd never invested at that level before as a single woman, like kind of like watching her finances and just felt like at that moment, I was really following my intuition. And so, Mm. um, so that's what got me in. And the changes were very, um, I felt like they were very immediate. Like it feels slow when you're in it, but three months is actually a very short amount of time. And um, yeah, I felt like a weight had been lifting. Uh, Like I went through a big shift in the first one out of I'm doing self-help to fix myself and into self-compassion. I think the biggest thing every time I return to the work is my inner critic. That's the umbrella that I'm always dealing with, I've noticed um, when I retake the course is, you know, um, being more compassionate with myself, being really understanding because I am someone who shifts gears and shifts energies and shifts interests um, and is very multi-passionate. And I've carried a lot of uh, shame that I don't stick with one thing and that I have this huge exploration, adventurous personality. So um, my inner critic was really keeping that down. And so the program, I often am called back to the program work when I know I'm making big shifts Mm. and I'm judging myself for it. And so the program was like, okay, let's deal with the stories. Okay, let's let's do a little more day to day. Okay, let's get into big alignment around it. And so it always within three months, I'm always very supported to shift into like a new space, whether that's um, I've done it around my body and, you know, that's continued work. I've done it just um, with my work. 
I've done it in terms of relationships and allowing myself to fall in love again and date again. So, um, yeah, it's just a beautiful process. And, um, again, people have told me, like, you're much more confident now and you just kind of go for what you want. And my whole life, do a lot in the background to support myself doing that. So, Mm. So that's a little bit of my experience with the course. I could say so much because um, I've moved from poetry into now tarot, which is very fun. And I always think it's always the same. And it's how do we hear ourselves better? Mm-hmm. Again, because my work in Awaken Her Soul is always um, shifting the inner critic and how we're talking to ourselves, how we're relating to ourselves on the inside. And hearing ourselves is, is such a good way to do that. So yeah, it just continues to support me um, again and again and again. Thank you for sharing that. It's been really fun to watch. Like by the time you had finished the first round of Awaken Her Soul, you were already publishing a book of poetry mm-hmm. through the inner work. And then like you mentioned, like that self-trust and intuition, that's so what you're doing with tarot now. And then even being able to do some of that work holding space for people as they go through Awaken Her Soul in the community and in our community circles. And that's really why it felt good for me to invite you into the position on the team, because the way you showed up for the work in our community group, like you were so invested in yourself and in the process, but then you were so also invested in other people's success within the group. And I think when and not everyone chooses to show up in that way and everyone has those uh, same needs or desires, but whenever someone wants that and they do, it's really cool to see what you get out of it. So then I was like, you're doing so amazing at this, like ex- expanding the role that you play in the work has been so fun for me. And I know we're going to flip the tables. I have so many more questions to ask you about your experience and switching into being the community manager but you actually had the brilliant idea of like reverse uh, engineering this interview. And I thought that was so brilliant uh, because it's usually me interviewing other people about their experience, which I love to do and not so much like, why did I make this program? And like, how did I create it? And so I loved your, um, yeah, I loved your idea on that. So I'll just, I'll pass it over, I guess. I I, I was nervous. To turn the tables and be like, let me interview you. <laughs> let me ask you some questions. Let's hear from you. And like, it, it's such a perfect segue talking about my story because I think, um, you know, a very interesting question is the process of you actually creating this course. Mm-hmm. Because I know uh, from over the years of working together that you um, said, you know, you created this from the work you did. You talk about that in Uh, the Awakening to Freedom workshop that we do, and that you create this course as you were doing your own healing, you're watching yourself, you're going back and piecing it all together. And I just would love to hear you like talk about um, like that experience for you that both like putting the course together as you're doing your own healing, like pretty much you've done the course. So Mm -hmm. what came for you from that? And what was that experience kind of like? Yeah. Well, self-healing and doing these kind of courses wasn't really like 
cool in the circles that I was in. It wasn't a thing that I was following on the internet at the time. Whenever I started doing some inner work, I started doing the inner work because I, I graduated college. I knew I wanted to be a coach. Um, it was very high performance coaching that really interested me. It wasn't the soul work, but I was very Christian evangelical at the time. And so I had spiritual beliefs and I had my spiritual process, but at that time it was like, so many things were coming untethered. I had a sibling attempt to suicide. And through that experience, I was also working a receptionist job right after college, trying to figure out it was out of this day spa. And like the clientele just treated me like shit. You know, I was like the front desk girl who just, you know, they just boss around and they blame things on. And it was not fun. I was not having a good time. (laughs) And, uh, I was starting to doubt my faith and my marriage at the time was having so many problems. And I remember I like actually had a meltdown at that job. Um, and they were like, you shouldn't work here. And I was like, I shouldn't work here. Like I'm bad at this. (laughs) And it kind of sent me on this journey of needing support. And when my sibling attempted a suicide, my, um, my good friend, I started opening up to a good friend at the time who I've come to realize was not that good of a friend, but had great advice and it was go to therapy. And so I met with her therapist who is actually is a guest teacher in Awaken Her Soul. His name is Jim Lee, and he's an energetic practitioner. And within six months of seeing him and doing this energetic work, like I felt like a completely different person. And it was like we weren't talking about a lot of the the traumas. And it just like sparked this realization in me. I had to be 23. So this was young. Um, that I was living with so much trauma, so many stories about my worthiness, so much shame about who I was, so many limiting beliefs and so much uh, programming. I didn't have that language then, but so much programming about who I was supposed to be that I was getting these jobs and I was going to get my master's degree. And I had all these plans about who I should be. And like, the more I was fighting for them, the more they all just sort of like crumbling beneath my feet. So it was like my faith started to fall apart. I ended up not being able to get my master's at that time. Like all of these things fell apart. And through that, I found like my first trauma therapist, which is Jim Lee. And then I found my first coach and then I became a coach. And over the next couple of years, I, I hired another guest mentor in the program, Steph Jagger. And at that point I was really having like a cracking open around trauma, a cracking open around my marriage, a cracking open around my identity, really, and all of my beliefs about like being a Christian and about the world. And essentially, it felt like everything that I knew that was real was dying, that God was dying, and all of the identities I had held, like I realized that they weren't true, that they were either handed to me, that they were adopted through trauma or bad things that happened to me when I was little, they, and they weren't working anymore. And that's what that fracture really was. Is all these fractures were like, you don't need these identities anymore. But then it was like, now I don't have any identities and <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> and people at my church are afraid of me and my marriage seems to be struggling more. And all of these, like, it seems like consequences of being honest about things not working. And so I entered into a void phase of like, if I'm not all of those labels and all of these identities and not all of the pain from my family or the good girl from church or a wife or this, you know, star student in school, who am I? 
And so I started letting go of a lot of those identities. And I found through really time and space and self-compassion and doing the work we do in Awaken Her Soul of self-reflection, self-observation, self-remembering, that I got really comfortable with the mystery and really comfortable with life being a lot more gray and less perfect in its little boxes than I had once had. And then I felt like I slowly started reconnecting to divine. So, and this is like, you know, years and years and years of a process. And at that point I was coaching, I had a successful business and I started looking at my clients over six months journeys with them one-on-one and similarities kept popping up, like similar deconstructing of beliefs, whether it was beliefs in Christianity, beliefs in their unworthiness, beliefs that they, their body isn't right, whatever the stories were that they adopted from societal norms or from traumatic incidences. Either way, a story was created in their mind that their emotions and energy fed, that they looked for proof of until it stopped working for them. And then there, there was a choice point. And the choice point is, do I enter into the void in the mystery and the not knowing and people thinking I'm having an absolute meltdown, whatever it is people are projecting on you at this point. Some of you know what I'm talking about <laughs> and choose myself. And the moment that though that I choose myself, I'm going to choose my soul over what makes sense. I'm going to choose I'm going to choose the mystery over everything being so clear. That's whenever I felt life started really beginning for myself. And I saw it again and again for clients. And so I, I, I'm at the journey, not knowing that the heroine's journey already existed. I, you know, thought I invented it whenever, because I was not, I didn't come into this work following a lot of people on social media who did this. So I could have found that there were, there was proof that this is the journey. I didn't know that whenever I uh, originally started mapping it, but as I mapped it, I started seeing awaken her soul as, you know, it's broken up in those three parts. It's realizing what no longer works for you, having the death of the story, the death of the ego, the death of the identities, having that week four, like, oh my God moment that you had. And so many people have of like, do I go back to the safety of my smallness where I believe that I'm wrong and broken and terrible but life's comfortable or do I enter the void? So the second month is the void. And then the third month is if I say I am love, if I say I am my essence, what does living like that look like? What does living in that freedom look like? And what stories and actions and emotions are going to support me in that? And so I just honestly am really good at pattern recognition. I'm pretty strategic And so walking with so many people through this process and then looking back at my journey the last 10 years, really, it just seems like this is the consistent process. And now that I've been through it, you know, with family, with faith, with my sexuality, I see now that this isn't a one-time thing. We are literally going through this process and again and again and again. So it's kind of like the work keeps working me and then it works me again So did that answer the question? Yes, yes. I love everything you just said because um, it became like it's so clear, like you were saying about the three parts and awaken her soul. Like often think of it as like the shedding, the building and the living. Yes. First we slough off, then we start figuring out what we are and then we start trying to actually live it. And yeah, um, you can see, I think one of the cool things to watch in awaken her soul is that 
uh, women can do this in three months around something, say, um, like micro in their life. Like for me, it was a lot of just like poetry and confidence uh, expressing myself was really like my first go around. And then you can do it with these little things again and again. And over three years, six years, nine years, 15 years, you're going to watch yourself do it on like a macro cause, like this huge scale, like you were saying, like happening over years. So it's such a cool, like it's happening in small ways, in shorter ways. Sometimes it happens in the breath of a day. Mm -hmm. Once you learn the work, you're like, I'm going to shed that, decide what I'm going to do and go live it all in like a three minute span. (laughs) That's like what the training is like, right? It's like the micro training is that you're talking about. Yeah. And then it's like, you're also going to watch it like happen in your life long-term, like years that we love watching women like years down the line, see where they are after a year, after three years. Mm -hmm. I just want to give a shout out to Devin Jones, who like Mm -hmm. has taken a week in her soul years ago before you even took it is now a guest mentor in the program and then just won Beautiful You Coaching Academies Awards. I just saw that this morning and it was so exciting to be like, oh my God, this is someone who, and she openly has shared on social media that I've coached her. So I'm not just sharing that and it's, you know, confidential. She's shared that, but I, I love getting to see that because it was like, she chose herself and then just opened up again and again and again and again. And it's just like my favorite thing. Someone, someone actually said in the Facebook group for the training this morning, what they wanted to let go of or what what they felt like was coming for them through this training was a new identity. And they were trying to figure out how to build that identity. And my response to them, and I just want to really reiterate this is like what I've seen with you and with Devin and so many people, myself, obviously is like, I came into the self-work thinking that once I just fixed that one thing that, and like, then it would go away. Then I would like master myself and my, I would, I would project my authenticity or something, which is like really popular on social media to talk about right now. But it's so much less about finding like this perfectly constructed identity and more about removing the programming and baggage and stories that aren't you. Because I don't believe that our true essence or our soul can ever be tainted. I don't believe that actually the deepest core of us can be distorted. I think that that's always there. And it's just removing all the stuff that isn't us. Just to clarify what I'm talking about. Like no one comes through this and is like constructed themselves in this like perfect way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that idea because again, that's like another thing, not everyone in Awaken Her Soul comes in having done, you know, a lot of work at all. And that's great, great place to start because you're not in that zone. There's also a lot of us, and I'm going to include myself in that, who's like, we've been trying to do all this self-help stuff. And like you said, eradicating these parts of us, fixing these parts of us. And I often uh, lately have been seeing it kind of like um, like layers mm. of like, you know, I'm here. And I think you talk about this too. Um, you know, the essence of you is there. And then there's like all these layers. And I see like the self-help of like, well, I'm going to get rid of this thing. And then I never have to deal with it as just another layer. Like <laughs> yeah. self-growth as in let's add another layer of like stuff I'm going to have to unlearn 
Yeah. Um, if I'm doing it from a place of like, well, check mark, I've dealt with that in myself and and that's not now that's never gonna come up again. And yeah. that kind of self-help is just like just another layer on top of who you are that you like has to be shed. Yeah. Like I might as well just if that was how you know any of the work was, I might as well just we might just spend our time creating here's your morning routine checklist and a bundle of Palo Santo and a crystal, good luck. And I feel like that's what it, a lot of this has turned into. Mm-hmm. Again, maybe it existed that way before. Um, I just wasn't a part of the self-help world because in Christianity, you really weren't supposed to like, one, invest in yourself, two, be self-focused at all, three, like have boundaries, but also therapy was considered wrong in acknowledging traumas or that things weren't okay was considered wrong. So I kind of came from more of that background than in like purifying myself in that way than using self-help tools. But I find they're like the exact same. Yeah. Same idea. Yeah. Underneath. Exactly. Yeah. Um, That kind of leads me into a good question. I think here, which now that we're on like self-help empowerment sort of discussion is like um, one of the really coolest things I noticed in Awaken Her Soul is that over time, having been with the program, oh, it's four years now, isn't it? You're getting to it, <laughs> getting to four years, um, is that it stayed really relevant over mm. time. Like um, to give context, like again, like the language we were using when I came in, we were doing like confidence challenge and worthiness challenge. And then, um, and like those things do like show up. Those are definitely um, words you can use to describe people of work we're doing, but there was just so much more depth that like I didn't have language for. And I don't think we were talking about in the course and then watching kind of like the rise of, um, kind of like insta therapy and therapy online, giving us so much language around the work we can do. And like, is the, the course has really been able to evolve, um, with the language that people are learning, mm-hmm. even though the course hasn't changed at all. Like, um, there was a time when everyone was saying, Oh, this is reparenting work. This is inner child work. Um, and now it's like, oh, this is like inner freedom and it's self-healing and it's deprogramming and it's, um, you know, unhugging from cultural narratives. And it's like, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't seem to matter what um, is kind of like trendy language or we're all learning this language, whichever one it is, which is probably both. We're learning it and it's unfortunately becoming trendy as well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But Awaken Our Soul hasn't really shifted. Like we've updated a few things, but the the program is at its structure the same. Mm -hmm. And it stays relevant through all of this. Like it can be associated with all of this. So I don't really have a question, but I would love for you to talk about Mm. that experience for you and like seeing that because it's really cool. I've been so grateful in some ways to see how much language has been given? Like, is it inner child? Is it self-healing? Is it um, deconstructing paradigms of systemic oppression? Like, it's like, yes, yes, yes. Is it shadow work? Yes. And I've had many people be like, I didn't know this was going to be shadow work, which is like, I don't call it shadow work. I don't call it inner child work. Um, Really, I think that 
if we're doing self-reflection and we are paying attention to what's going on within ourselves and we are showing up for ourselves to remove what's no longer serving us, which is why I like to keep the, I honestly like to keep the language decharged and awaken her soul because I think a lot of the language, I think language is so important. And I think a lot of the language we offer ourselves in these like phases of trends can really add more stories of how difficult the work has to be. And so some of it, sure, it's like inner child work. You're re- you're relating to all parts of yourself. And then so when someone asked me like, oh, is this uh, family systems theory and uh, parts theory? And it's like, well, I didn't intend it to be. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was reporting on what was happening and I was being honest about what I saw that was happening. And of course, I've taken multiple trainings and trauma-informed trainings and somatic trainings and coaching trainings that inform the work. But I think that language is so important. And whenever we are relating to ourselves and wanting to create freedom and wanting to just remove what's no longer working. There, we can call them so many things. I like to use the word adaptive strategies because that's really what it is. If we call it, I'm stuck, I'm wounded, I'm traumatized, like sometimes we're using those words inappropriately for one, but they also can add so much charge to how difficult letting go of something has to be. And I really believe that sometimes it's as easy as noticing something, softening our body and choosing again. And we might have to go through that process, like, a hundred times of noticing, choosing, softening, choosing again, but you're choosing in one moment. You're always choosing in one moment. And I really think that there's a miracle in that, that it can be as simple as paying attention, noticing, softening our body and allowing, which is a big process in awaken her soul, allowing what's happening to happen, accepting reality choosing again based on your highest intention. So there isn't bypassing. It's not about like, just keep it easy and focus on what's good. No, that doesn't actually work in the long run because I do believe we create from our unconscious self. But when we are paying attention to the patterns over time, it we, we start to develop a shorter and shorter route back to our center. And I really think keeping the language that simple within Awaken Her Soul is probably something I will keep no matter how many updates we do because we do small updates. I've done an update for making sure I had, I hired Ash Johns, who a guest, is a guest teacher in the program also. And I had her work with me on making sure this program was liberatory and secure with, anti, like making sure that the program wasn't perpetuating racism, wasn't perpetuating narratives that I don't support, but maybe hadn't seen when I created it. So every time I do some really big personal work, I will sift back through the program and make sure it still upholds my deepest values. Um, I've done that around anti-racism. I've done it around being more trauma-informed. But I don't know if it's necessary to update the language to be the most trendy language, if it's shadow work or inner child work or whatever. It's, It's freedom work. It's liberation work. It is really... It's self-observation and self-remembering and moving towards our soul. And I think for me, that's a contemplative path. It's a spiritual path, but not everyone who takes awake in her soul is a deeply spiritual person. No, The tools still work. They're just practical Mm -hmm. tools. Yeah. I think you just blew my mind a little bit about the language piece because I loved hearing you say like, you know, that idea that like adding the language can almost add, because we do talk so much about shedding labels and sorry. Uh-huh. Like, oh God, you just schooled me a little bit. <laughs> um, well, 
Um, but I love that point that like, you're right. Like we don't use the language in the course, but it comes up in conversations with members and, and maybe little things we share that's supportive from outside the program, just for fun in our bonus sanctuary area. But, um, you're right. We don't use that. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's such a good, yeah. good point. And yeah, I just... It's on purpose. And I I honestly, I'm someone who's like, how deep can I go? How like serious can I be? Like, I don't want to be too light because then people won't take me seriously. And so I really check my ego that like, I don't need to make this seem like really hard work. I mean, being human can be hard. Why are we trying to like pat ourselves on the back for how much harder we can make it whenever it literally can be, there can be ease in the difficulty. Because life, we talk about life will life, life will life. And we can make choices that make the difficulty so much easier than trying to like do what I do, which is like, I'm going to make this so much more serious than it needs to be. Like, I'm not trying to perpetuate that for anyone. And so if someone comes in and they're using like inner healing child language, like we meet people, like I, I understand that language. It's like, you know, it's the communities I'm in, but it's just I probably will never use too much of that language inside the content of the program. Yes. Yeah. We, we definitely engage in conversation, but it's, it's never how we label the work. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Anything else, any other things you wanted to ask before we switch back? Uh, you can switch back to me and then we can, I can keep bugging you with more questions. Sounds good. Well, we spoke about that, the, the digging. And I think uh, that is something that we joke about in your process between week four and week five is that shift from, uh, do you want to let go of these identities or do you not? And um, there was a moment we were in the Facebook sanctuary and you, I wish I had pulled it up before this. It was years ago. So, uh, but it was like, you were kind of like, but aren't you going to tell me the answer though? And I, yeah, (laughs) well, I think that this is what happens in the reason why a lot of people get really upset with therapists, healers, coaches, whatever, whatever person you are looking to, to, to give you the perfect answer that will solve and fix your problems and fix you is that like, no one else has the answer, but you, there's only like holding space, asking questions and mirroring and reminding you of your power. And I'm, I want, I would love for you to share your experience mm-hmm. of that because I think it speaks so much to the transformation that happens between week four and week five. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, there's a big shift, like we said, and there's like three different parts. So this is just at the end of shedding when you're about to like build, like who, like what is my identity then, or like, what do I want to associate myself with or how do I, like, who is that person? Um, and yeah, I, I think, yeah, we got to week four and I was kind of like, but how do I do this? What do I do? N- knowing that like the course was there, the outline was there, the work was there. And I'm like, but like, what are the, what are the steps? Like, I'm like, what do, do week do? five. <laughs> yeah. Do week five. I know. <laughs> Such a simple answer. Do week five. Uh, but like, there's no like action step. There's no answer. what do I do now and just like do the process and I think I think you know we often have people pause there and I pause there as well for a hot minute and 
I was like, oh, damn. Like, it's, it's very confronting that you have this person that, you know, you've hired, you've enrolled in their program, and, and uh, you know, people do look for the answers. That is some of the narrative we are untangling from is, like, looking for answers in being human and being who you are. And um, it's so confronting to have someone who's like, I'm not here to tell you who you are. How, how dare I know that answer for you? Mm. Like, and I, it was the confrontation I needed, like that moment of like discomfort of like, but like, just tell me what to do next, please. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to add it to my to-do list this week. (laughs) It's very much where I was as a person, like, (laughs) and so I had to just be like, oh, okay. Like it was a very trusting moment. We talk a lot about willingness, which we didn't talk a lot uh, as much about willingness on such a big level when I was first in it, at least that phrase we were talking about the, that whole idea. Um, but yeah, thank goodness. I had the willingness to be like, okay, like I'm trusting you. I'm just going to do the next week as you laid it out already. Because <laughs> I was supposed to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually I had a click moment of like, this is the process. Like I am leading myself through this process mm-hmm. and I am answering these questions and I am doing the work and um, she can't tell every individual person how that's going to work. And I love that about the program now is that, again, it's so easy to meet yourself where you are. There's never that moment where like, oh, I'm just not like literally, you know, um, can't do this or something. Like we have a lot of people who um, take the time they need, but um, it really is just you doing your work. And it really, that moment was the big shift where I was like, oh, I don't need to look outside myself for the Mm -hmm. answer. I don't need to fix myself here. I'm literally getting to know myself on this deeper mm-hmm. level. And um, yeah, it, you know, and it is a confronting course, but it's also, um, it can be so soft, like you said, of an mm-hmm. experience. Um, yeah, it's such a big realization. Um, and I think it, I, I'm struggling to like talk through this idea because um, it is so felt mm. and it's really hard to describe what it feels like because I can logically tell you like you have your own answers. You can fix yourself. Um, you know, you're going to lead yourself to the course with our support, with our structure, um, with us there to, you know, um, be there and celebrate and, and kind of like, softly try to move you forward if you reach out for support and um, to actually tell you what that experience felt like is really hard. I think I remember Mm. telling you I felt extremely raw and extremely loved at the same time. Mm. Like I felt so disastrous. (laughs) I felt so good. Like I'd Mm. never felt so good. I'd never felt so raw. Mm -hmm. it's it's just it, when you feel it, you feel it, and you can feel yourself detach from the fixing. Not that it doesn't come up again. Of course, like, oh, you can see it better, so much better, and and it really is about learning a process mm-hmm. versus fixing yourself. It's like now I am equipped with mm-hmm. this process that I can tap into all the time. 
I'm so grateful you said equipped because that was as I was building Awaken Her Soul, that was one of the things I really wanted people to walk away from it with or to leave with is a sense of equippedness that like, you don't have to be reliant on me. Rob Bell, who's like one of my favorite teachers and really supported me in faith deconstruction. He has a podcast called The Last Guru. And one of uh, the Awaken Her Soul alums sent me it. It was like, you were my last guru. And it's about like the last time that we place our power outside of ourselves. And, you know, guru means a number of things, but essentially the way Rob Bell was talking about it is the guru being the person that you think is going to give you everything you need. And the last guru finally turns the mirror and says, like, I'm only here to reflect you back to you. And to do that in a way that is like, that's confronting because of him seeing ourselves is confronting, not because they're yeah. not because the guru is being unkind. It's, no, it's like, no. see yourself and I'm not going to turn away. Nothing you bring to the table is too much. Like you, all of you is loved. And can you witness yourself and witness what's really going on with you? Like witness the patterns that are really showing up but not shaming yourself for them, not realize and realizing that you're not unlovable because of them. And I think yes. for me, that is an ideal, like that is an ideal takeaway. <laughs> it's what I want people to experience. And cause these people are always asking like, what's going to happen? Am I going to 10 X my business? Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I going to have better sex? And I'm like, yes, maybe probably, I don't know. Um, it depends. <laughs> it depends. Because this is some like these tools and then also there's tools. Yes, there's exercises, meditations, all of that. But then there's the experience of being mirrored if you allow yourself to be mirrored in the community. And I think that is where it gets really exciting. Like Jenna, where you actually brought forward your questions, which is a choice. You don't have to do that and awaken her soul, but you chose to bring forward what was coming up for you. And you chose to ask for coaching, which is always available. And in that process, allowed yourself to be met, to be witnessed, to be coached, to be seen. And that's why I probably felt so good and so raw at the same time, because being seen is fucking uncomfortable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I I was just coming off um, getting feedback too. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) It was just like, just literally stripped raw. (laughs) Yes. For those who are listening, who are, have taken Awaken Her Soul, you know Mm -hmm. what feedback means, but if you've not taken Awaken Her Soul, it is a beautiful process of learning to see yourself clearly and asking for feedback from people that are trustworthy might hear that clearly trustworthy, (laughs) not just anybody. Um, And then learning to discern what feedback is, is valuable and what feedback is not. It's incredible for really owning what's yours and then letting go of what's not. Yes. So incredible. That's always my biggest moment when I go back through. Yeah. I probably need another round of that. Oh God. Feedback. Um, Do you want to do like a a fun question? And then maybe I know we were going to do our um, rapid fire. Yes. Do it. Um, Cause mine, I was just thinking of it while we were talking is like, I love watching the women in the group like the alum and share yeah uh, the alum the new intake um for those of you listening I also do like community circles like gatherings where people just share and you have a place to be witnessed and celebrated and connect and because um for me at the time like I was very very lucky to have 
like three or four really close friends. Um, but I know just personally in the experience that like there's a lot of people who do the work who like we're not sharing with people in our life we're doing the work. We're kind of like hiding that we're doing inner work. We might not, um, depending on your situation, you might not even be sharing with a partner. You might not be sharing with your family. You might, some people are, but like we, we do have people who are like, this is really the only space they're talking about their healing, mm. talking about what they're going through, the boundaries that they learn in the course and how they're setting them. And, and those like kind of almost like rough experiences that, you know, wish I got better and things coming up. So for me, it's, I love watching, like we support, but I love watching the other women in the course support each other mm-hmm. like when those, those genuine moments of like, here's this person across the world who like, I may never get on a phone call with them or see them in real life. But like when I show up here, they celebrate me, they see me. I really feel cared about and held here. Um, even though I'm doing this work because I think, I think that, I think there's a lot of women doing work, but they're not telling people in their life they're doing. Oh yeah. And I think it's a really cool space to like, just show up as yourself. Yeah. I, I so agree. And I think the, the other thing I love was we, we do the enrollment twice a year, one in October and one, well, uh, fall-ish and spring-ish. Sometimes the date changes depending on things. But one, you know, there's one intake finishes up and then the next intake begins. And typically the people who are finishing up feel the energy of the new intake and also want to begin the program again. And so I love not only seeing that fresh energy of new people coming in and it almost takes everyone's experience, which is why I love it. It's a group experience because it takes everyone who's an alum who chooses to show up again, their experience, like you said, deeper, not just because they're like excited to cheer people on, but because you realize what happens when you're a little bit farther ahead than people in your journey and how that ripple effect really does happen. And so suddenly people are like, I'm doing the feedback exercise or I'm on week five and like, whoa, it's hard to let go of some of these old stories. And then people who have been through it get to actually deepen their learning by supporting other people. And I think that, you know, we can say like you, we shouldn't be, you know, using supporting other people to heal ourselves. But I think that we forget that we are so communal. We actually need to be with people who are a little bit further along and who are a little bit further behind in specific areas because we actually learn from like all of it and Mm -hmm. that fresh energy of a new intake. I mean, there's people who have never been to therapy, never hired a coach. And there are people who are literally therapists who join. And I love that because there are like, I love uh, like the playing field becomes equal. Everyone is human. No matter how many times you've done the program, you're still deprogramming something. You are still shedding, but it gets easier and easier. And then you get to remind everyone who is like, like feeling stuck. Like it gets easier. It gets easier. Yeah. And it kind of like it, I think that process helps all of us remember. Like I do this work because I love to remember. And so every time there's a new intake, I feel like I remember it more deeply. I know we do. It's so lovely. It's so lovely. I want to know before we move on to like any rapid fire, I want to know, because we didn't talk about you as a a support (laughs) team member, um, but I want to know what's your favorite side uh, or your favorite part of being on the support side of this experience, transitioning from someone who took Awaken Her Soul and is an alum to someone who now like supports in a professional way. 
My favorite part of being on the support side. Oh, goodness. You know, um, being like a human design generator, I love because like, let's be honest, sometimes like, because we don't have like this um, super tangible, like this is going to be your outcome to the program. Right. Um, we have a lot of nuance when we market and talk about the course. <laughs> yeah. Like, again, we could use so much to like, like pick it. Well, like we could market it that way. But um, so I love um, just seeing how people relate. Like this time around in the um, Facebook group, we opened before the workshop. Um, we've been doing more conversations and I love it. I love just hearing the different ways this is showing up for people. I love seeing, um, I love seeing when people have been in the challenge and then they get into the course and it's like, you already kind of like know this person, you've been talking to them and, um, yeah, you know, witnessing that I do the journeys of people are just like, um, really fun. I love when people pop in and it's been like a year. Oh, I have a great, um, I think, uh, is it Robin Gooding that took the program? I was listening to her podcast the other day and she mentioned Awaken Her Soul. No, she did not. She so did. And I, she must have taken it before me. She did. I didn't even know she had like, um, you know, because some alum are off doing their thing and some of them don't show back up like to actually like post in the group a lot. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this person out in the world took a week in her soul. And I just stumbled upon her podcast to listen. And I was just like, oh, my God, I had like a moment where I was like, <laughs> oh, we took the same, you know, <laughs> and it was just really beautiful. So I just I love the journeys of mm -hmm. people um, over years. And so cool. so cool. I love that. I you'll have to let me know what episode it was. I would love to hear. Robin is so sweet. And you're right. Like, I think it is so fun getting to, to witness people, you know, make pretty big life transitions through, through and after the process. I always like really think, yes, you're going to have a lot of transformation and ex a beautiful experience over the course of the 14 weeks that we're together. But it really, mm -hmm. I personally think the real results happen six months after the course ends you look back and you're like, oh, whoa, I get it now. And that um, like the, the real depth comes really like nine months after someone says yes, which makes sense because that's like womb space time, right? Like, yes, it's that gestation of, um, yes, of a season. Yeah. Yes. Is, uh, it was, was there, was there anything else? Am I getting scrambled? Is there anything else that we needed that you felt like we need to let people know about like the inside scoop that we have missed today? No, I feel like we've talked about so much. I yeah. mean, we could probably talk for hours more. Um, <laughs> yes, we could. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good end. It's a good end. Beautiful. Well, We'll do some rapid fire, but anyone who is, you know, leaving this with a little bit more questions than before, or maybe it cracked something open for you about your own journey and you want to ask before you join us in the program, just come in my Instagram and leave me a voice note. Like I love getting to respond via voice note, or you can even, if you're in the community Facebook group, the, the public one, you can jump in there and ask a question and Jenna or I will answer it. So, okay. You ready for some rapid fire? Okay. Yes, I am. Okay, Jenna, what is your spiritual background? 
Um, so we were like Sunday Christians. So we went to church on Sunday and that was that. Um, and then as teenagers, we lived in a small town, so we moved out of town and um, my parents said, would you like to continue to go to church? And me and my brother, no, my older sister was like, yes, she's very Christian. So that that's my whole spiritual background. So I don't come in with a lot of spiritual stuff, but um, have since doing the course and looking at things actually become quite spiritual um, and very open to um, intuition and energy and God and universe. Mm. And um, I don't label myself as anything. I just feel what I feel about spirit. Beautiful. How do you know when you know? Oh, I know when I know when I've tested the waters and that stuff feels good. And it's, I've given myself time. Mm-hmm. A little bit of time, so I always need to feel something. Literally, I physical love language, so that's also very literal sometimes. But in terms of um, knowing what's good for me, I, I need to like just take the teeniest step and experience it very sensually, very um, um, in my body and as an experience, and then sit with it and see how it feels over um, even just a night sometimes. But sometimes, it, if it's a big mm-hmm. thing, it needs to be longer. But um, yeah, that's usually how I know. Is your human design emotional authority? Yes. Yeah. And I sometimes I also know because I take a single step and like 10 things happen in that direction for me over, like it feels like an instant. And then I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. So this seems positive. That <laughs> well, this seems really easy. If it's easy, then that's all yeah. the time for me sometimes. But oh yeah, I knew. I love that. What identities have you had to let go of to own your fullness today? Um, I had to let go of perfectionist, helper, um, better than. That was a big one. And um, I recently let go of poet, even though I love poetry. Mm. Um, Realized that it was my Gemini moon that loves writing poetry. And if I was going to keep up with that career, I was going to have to be in a very emotional state all the time. (laughs) So um had to kind of divest from that and be like, well, next time I have a meltdown, I will write another poetry book. Um, so. Beautiful. I, I look forward to it. I don't know. <laughs> I have some sunset, but small emotional breakdowns over time. Also build a book. So yes, um, yes a lot. And also just scared was a big label. Mm. I had to let go of um, unprepared. Mm-hmm. What are you most enjoying learning right now? Astrology. Um, so I'm digging deeper into tarot because that's what I do on my side of the business, along with teaching people about intuition and trust on a bigger level of life. Um, and those everyday little practices because I'm very sensual and tangible that way. But I am loving learning about astrology behind the scenes right now and talking about that behind the scenes. I love knowing that. I think everyone's kind of into astrology, but I think you Mm -hmm. having that, like, maybe I shouldn't say everyone, but it seems like our community really is. And so you having that knowledge, I think is, and just having a little bit of knowledge about human design and astrology is nice whenever you're holding community space. Yeah, it's really fun to know and tap into. What does grace mean to you? 
Uh, it means I talk to myself compassionately and I forgive. Um, something I've been living by for the last year is humans first, relationships second. So that applies to me. I have to take care of the human part of me first, be compassionate, care about that, um, and then worry about you know, all the other stuff. And then same in my relationships is um, this person gets to be human first and I love that. And our relationship part has to come second. Um, humans cared for first. So uh, yeah, Grace is super mm-hmm. compassionate, super loving. I love that. It seems like that's a really good way to be in right relationship is to put the human first. Well, my relationships are very good because of it. So mm-hmm. I'm grateful for that. Um, somehow that feeds the relationship really well. Yeah. Lots of freedom in that. Yeah. What is your go-to coffee shop order? Um, I love uh, like a low-fat chai tea latte. Um, I make all my coffee at home. I, I'm not really big on ordering coffee out. So when I'm out, definitely like the chai tea latte. Yum. Yum. Last question is, what do you want? I want to relax. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Just relax. Yes. Relax. I feel like in a hug. <laughs> oh, I would hug you if I was there. But. I feel like, um, I mean, you've been with the team long enough to to really feel into how much more relaxed launching mm-hmm. is, how much more relaxed, bringing in a new intake to Awaken Her Soul is, and you've been a big part of that. So thank you for bringing that relaxed mm-hmm. energy to the team because I have needed it. Mm, yes. I'm always trying to remind myself that on my more high-strong days. Yes. Yeah, Beautiful. Oh, were we going to do your? Um, yeah, ask me. I, I probably have already shared on the podcast, but let's do it. Um, I feel like if people are listening, yeah, they probably have, but let's do it again. Um, your spiritual background. So some of you might already know that I was actually not raised um, religious. And then my dad, when he went to prison, whenever I was eight, he came out born again, Christian. And that was my first introduction to like radical evangelicalism. I didn't really accept it at the time, um, but then I kind of dove head in at youth group at 12 and like became very radical, very all in like fasting, purity culture to the point where like my mom and my stepdad were like, why are you doing this? Like, we are not Catholic. We are not like at the time I was like fasting and doing Lent and they were just like, you don't have to do this. Like <laughs> we are not religious. Um, and they were actually like really worried that I wasn't dating and like really worried that I wasn't like more interested in boys, which maybe now we have some more insight of why that might've been. Um, but I through, you know, from 12 to 25 was very evangelical by my own choice. Mm-hmm. And now, And now um, I think, wow, I haven't even thought to label this. Um, I'm like, does it matter? That's kind of what I feel like now. (laughs) It's like, I I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like kind of like my answer, like I just, it just is there. Yeah. I just, 
become spiritual? Yeah, it's, I feel like I'm devotion to life and um, deep reverence for all the ways that we've made sense of that. Like I use a lot of Christian language. I do believe in God. I I don't have issues with the word God anymore. Um, I, I use a lot of Christian mysticism and fourth way spiritual practices. They inform awaken her soul in a lot of ways. Um, but I don't know if there's necessarily a label like besides for mystic that would be suitable. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said either. I was just so curious. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Um, right. I don't know. <laughs> I just am. Um, how do you know when you know? Similar to you, I'm an emotional authority generator. Um, I have really big feelings that are immediate that aren't always my final answer. And they're usually not, they're like, never my final answer. So I kind of need to experience like, because I'll get really excited about something that's actually a no, because I can think about all of the fun things that I could do. So I really have to take time to sit with things because I'm very excitable and very influenceable if I'm not spending time alone. So I know because whenever I clear out everyone else's energy, and I run through and allow all of the stories and emotions and the way, all the ways it could go, I'll land in a very clean spot with something and it will not be attached to a lot of other BS. And, um, it usually won't be attached to what other people think, which is like the linchpin for me. Don't mind my dog, maybe just like (laughs) freaking out about something. Um, and a lot of the time, like I've noticed like you, like I'm a follow the breadcrumbs kind of person. And so I, I know because usually I'm like following the breadcrumbs and it feels so delicious. Yes. I love that. Like you're eating them along the way. Um, <laughs> uh, what identities have you had to let go of to own your fullness today? All of them. Um, I have definitely let go of... Uh, being the best, uh, being impressive. A lot of my uh, decisions before really aligning to my center and my soul were on what will be the most impressive to people and how can I be the best at that, even if it had nothing to do with like what I actually wanted. Um, I've let go of Christian. Um, I've let go of wife, straight, um, successful and a really weird distorted view of what success means um petite and small i was always a little one and i didn't realize until the last year or so how how much i needed to let that go um and recently quirky to be quite honest my friends have been giving me so much shit about how i identify with being quirky and how like as like a negative thing, like, Oh, I'm just quirky. I'm just like the weird one. And they're like, literally, no, you're not. Uh, so I'm, I'm working with that, uh, letting that go. Yeah. I think I'm quirky in like a positive way. Anyway, I won't get into the whole thing about it. Um, but I'm letting go of quirky, uh, so I can just be myself. Yeah. Um, what are you most enjoying learning right now? Ooh, I am really enjoying learning the ins and outs of spiral dynamics. It's been something that I have been like just reading tons of books on and been nerding out about. It's like that and the combination of like where spiral dynamics intersects with neuro-linguistic reprogramming. 
um, or NLP. I think that that's really interesting. I love, uh, I love cult documentaries and I love how group think happens. And I think those two tools like can be like really helpful in seeing the way that people can be manipulated and why we're manipulated and why sovereignty is so important in that. And so like, it's the same thing I'm always interested in, but like specifically those like two deep intersections of spiral dynamics and NLP, and then just like translating that onto group thinking cults and, you know, just what I do in my spare time. I mean, half of that just went over my head, but I love it. <laughs> it's, uh, love it. yeah, I won't just Google it. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's why I was, I was like, I'm going to Google that. Now yeah. <laughs> um, what does grace mean to you? Grace means life is happening for me, which is, I believe, a disposition. I don't know that it's objectively true. I think that I choose that. But when I look back, I can't help but see that like all all of life was serving me, that life is good, that I am good. And it feels like realizing, like moving myself into alignment with being okay where like before I felt alone and unsafe and not right and something was wrong with me as like core disposition about my identity and grace feels like the disposition meaning like the place that I'm oriented from internally is that I am good life is good I believe at everyone's core they are good and yeah it's it also, in some ways, it feels like something I can't quite describe because it just feels like an experience. Okay, last two, coffee order. I love coffee. Um, <laughs> I When I go out to like work, if I'm going out to a coffee shop to work, I get an espresso. But if... Um, and I really just love that like jolt, like, and I usually get like a warm water to go with it. Like I can just sip the water, but I want the the jolt. Um, but whenever I'm with Jamie and like, we're like having like a coffee date together, we're going on a walk. I have adopted her order because it's so good. It's coffee with heavy whipping cream and honey. Um, it is delicious. And if I'm at home, I'll add some like adaptogens to it and like some mushrooms and things like that to it. But um, if I'm just like going out just for myself to work, which is like usually whenever I'm getting coffee, it's just an espresso. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've actually, um, I went through a phase where I was like, yeah, cream and honey in my coffee, please. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> it is, it's very good. Yes. I was like, why aren't like, why aren't my pants fitting in COVID? Like literally none of my <laughs> pants fit. And then I'm like, I'm using heavy whipping cream in my coffee every is, is day. Is anyone's pants fitting in COVID? Is that I don't know. Thing? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I've just been buying only sweatpants. That's what I live in now. Yeah. I, I just like my favorite thing on TikTok right now is the before and after some COVID where everyone's just like hanging out, like just not afraid of a very different kind of before and after. And yes. Oh, so it. good. I love it. Make so good. Laugh. <laughs> You're like, oh, we're um, allowed to be human. Cool. Finally. This is, this is like great. We need this shift. Um, what do you want? This question, I asked it because I find it terrifying. So I'm sorry to everyone who's on the podcast and I asked them this question. I think it is terrifying. And Tanya Geisler asked me this question. Another person who is 
in Awaken Her Soul um, guest mentor. She's been one of my mentors and she asked me this question. And uh, after asking it, I ended up getting divorced and dating my girlfriend. So you got to be careful with this one. Um, But, you know, careful as much as you want to tell the truth, I guess. So what do I want? I want right now, what feels really important is buying land. I want land with water access and a five-year plan to build a really sustainable home on the land where I can write and host retreats and Mm. just like feel so cozy. I feel like quarantine actually was the first time that in my life that I've actually felt home where I'm at and in my body. And I'm just like more of this. I would like more of this, please. So that's what I want. I love that. I I can, I can picture you there. You can come, come visit when all this is over and be by the fire. Yeah. We'll have a good time. Maybe we can have an awaken her soul retreat on this land one day. Intention set. Yes. We're putting it out there. Putting it out there. Yeah. It's going to happen. Everyone's going to be like, the the retreat's in Missouri? Like what? (laughs) I'm down. It looks beautiful. Yeah. It is. Cool. Well, that's, Mm -hmm. that's it. That's, that's it. So anything else? No, thank you for this conversation. And um, for anyone who's interested in Awaken Her Soul, can't wait to see you on our radar. Come say hi somewhere. Yeah, I feel like it's like, come join these two ding-dongs and do the work <laughs> with us. <laughs> It'll be yeah. so fun. It'll be so fun. Jenna, thank you so much. And for all that you do for the community, I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Everything Belongs. It was so fun to give you an insider scoop and to to answer some of the questions that I truly never would have thought to ask about Awaken Her Soul had Jenna not brought them to the forefront of my mind. So thank you, Jenna, for joining me, for being such an integral part of the community and Awaken Her Soul. And a happy welcome to all of those who are joining us in this round. It's so exciting to see your names coming through my inbox as you join. I cannot wait to meet you in our welcome call next week. And if you are considering joining the program, the invite is open until March 14th, so Sunday night at midnight Pacific time. If you were thinking about joining us and have some questions, like I mentioned, come into my inbox on Instagram or email us at hello at madisonmorrigan.com and we'll gladly answer any questions you have about the program. But again, you can enroll by going to awakenhersoul.com. It would be such an honor to have you. And as we exit, I'm going to play some of the beautiful testimonials and personal experiences from the women inside of Awaken Her Soul. Let's roll it. If I were to describe Awaken Her Soul in three words, it would be maturity, resilience, and liberation. Profound, inspiring, and meaningful. Soulful, it's powerful, and it is incredibly human. In Awaken Her Soul, all of me was welcomed. My experience was transformative, it was real and honest and enlightening. And I'm still taking action based off of that, not from a place of a have to, but from a place of want to. The combination of inspiration, encouragement, grounding, and compassion that you will find in these program materials are going to support you in starting to feel 
feel that sense of being worthy right here and right now. We can be okay. We can be thriving even and it's still our right to want to be better and to want more for ourselves. All of a sudden I'm writing the book I was supposed to write. I'm no longer caretaking people and stressed out. I'm learning how to do this and I'm learning how to just be okay and love the life I have and the one I know is right for me. The course was so practical. I loved how I could put the advice and the tools into my everyday and it shows. I now know that I'm my own responsibility and that I'm worthy of my own trust. Her work really was the missing piece in everything that I was struggling with around worthiness. She is a gentle coach, but she's a firm coach and she's got a deeply rooted sense of herself and of the clients that she works with. Even when I can't explain what I'm feeling and the words seem all jumbled up, Madison is always able to figure out exactly what I'm trying to say and explain to me how I'm actually feeling. Being someone who's super into self-development, it took my head knowledge and what I knew and it allowed me the permission to throw out what didn't work for me and to create something that worked based on my personal values. I think it's a really great place to connect with other women and explore yourself a little bit deeper. It was also just so valuable to be able to take all of those thoughts from inside your head where they can swirl and spiral and share them in a circle of women who were growth-oriented and heartfelt and genuine. The Awaken Our Soul community is safe, it's supportive, and it's freaking beautiful because it's a bunch of humans who are just exploring their humanness and celebrating that with each other. As I tune into myself, I am able to create the life that truly honors me. I honestly believe that doing the inner work dominoes out into every aspect of our lives, and I'm definitely proof of this. As I awakened to myself, and as I started speaking my truth, uh, it was so freeing. After Awaken Her Soul, I felt more grounded. I had more clarity. I felt more aligned in all areas of my life, and I had the tools to guide myself back home and to trust my decisions. These lessons bring up a lot of feelings, which can be really difficult, but you need to live through them and fully process them in order to get to where you want to be. Since going through the Awaken Her Soul program, I just, I have embraced, you know, my power and my ability to write my own story. If you feel any nudge to join this program, listen to it, feel it. This will change your life. This course is amazing and you need to do it. So go sign up. If you're a coach and you're looking to work with someone who can really help you dig deep, have fun, and uh, discover more than you ever thought you would about coaching, then I highly suggest that you work with Madison. You owe it to yourself to awaken your soul and you will not regret it.